The name Skoda is not that familiar with the Australian car buying market. Skoda is part of the VW conglomerate, which used to be a good thing. The quality of their cars has been shown in some way, in some surveys, to be better than the mother brand. And they are generally cheaper than VW. So now they make a vehicle called the Octavia Scout 4x4. And it's classified as a medium-sized SUV. But please don't judge it on that category. It's anything but a lumpy off-road derived vehicle. Brent Davidson uh, drove it at its launch in Europe uh, a little while ago. And I've been driving one uh, recently. So let's uh, compare notes. Brent, uh, it's certainly not in the SUV class, really, is it? Oh, God, no, David, and it never will be. And, look, it fits in that subcategory between just a you know, dinky-die, run-of-the-mill station wagon and the, the, the much heavier duty vehicle. It sits pretty much in where the, uh, the Audi A6 all-road fits, where the... Um, Passat, Volkswagen Passat and Golf um, quasi SUV sit. The Subaru Liberty, another one, the Subaru XV. They're just pumped up and jumped up and steroided uh, station wagons. Without being, uh, you know, blokey, without being sort of o- over the top, if it is pumped up, it's not one of your Arnie Schwarzenegger sorts of things that tries to look totally over the top. I've got to say, I drove it around, the kids loved it. They didn't, think, didn't say it was super luxurious. They just thought it was a really nice car. Now, now, having said that, you know, they just got it and said, gee, this is a good car. So I think it felt good. I agree with you. I, I actually, um, I, I'm a fan of the Octavia itself, the regular sedan and wagon. The Scout really does it for me, though. I think this is one of the nicest Skodas currently available on the market. And I have to tell you, I am a little bit of a Skoda tragic. I kind of like the fact that the, the company has some spunk. You have to understand that even though we say these are uh, Czechoslovakian Volkswagens, the, the fact is it's Volkswagen underneath and everything else on top uh, is, is all done by the, the, the guys in the Czech Republic. And they do it for Czech Republic reasons, much the same as Australian cars have that certain Australianness about them uh, because, you know, we want to be able to fit a 44-gallon drum in the boot, mate. Well, the people from, from Skoda say, look, we needed to be able to reach this switch on the dashboard while we were wearing our gloves, that, you know, our big snowproof gloves that stop us from our fingers from falling off in minus 40 degrees Celsius temperatures. So they put big switches in the thing. You know, that, that's the Czechoslovakianness of it. And, and I really admire that. And, and uh, there is a real practicality there that you kind of don't see on, on some other European cars. In fact, in, if anything, the old British cars probably came close. But I'm going back to the really old British cars to say that, you know, the 60s and 70s. Ah, yes. Uh, I, well, I, I told you the story of uh, my young fella looked inside an old E-type Jaguar and there was a nice big switch, you know, those switches, yep. toggle switches that they had, and it had the word map under it. And he said, oh, satellite navigation. Yeah. Uh, no, it was the map light. Yeah, exactly, point exactly. Uh, but yeah, they were nice, easy switches and whatever. I found the interior of the Scout was... Uh, yeah, you know, not overcomplicated. I thought it was, I think along the lines you're saying, it sat there and you could see what it does and you could see what you had to do with it. Yeah, exactly, exactly right. Another thing that the, the, the guys in Skoda have done is they've, they've taken 
things for, out of out of the Volkswagen that they didn't really like. I, I was talking to uh, a Skoda engineer last year in Portugal, where where the car was released uh, internationally, and he said, "Look, um, Volkswagens are a little bit noisy uh, at that at, uh, highway speeds. Our highway speeds there being 150." And uh, I I, saw, I knew exactly what he meant because I'd driven the car at close to 200 kilometres an hour that day, and and the passengers and I could talk to each other. Yeah, there was no huge amounts of road noise, no tearing wind noise. It was actually, you know, we didn't have to raise our voices. If we did, maybe, maybe a little bit, but not by much. And, and like I say, we, we're talking 200 kilometres an hour. At which point, by the way, the car was extremely stable, didn't wander around on its huge off-road tyres because it doesn't have huge off-road tyres. Um, it just had a, a, a very nice experience. Hmm. It's a good station wagon which sits up a bit high and you and I have talked about which for many people now they don't want to climb down into a car yet equally they don't want to have that rough and tumble view of an, an SUV. The Mazda CX-5, the RAV4, the Nissan X-Trail are the leaders in this medium-sized market but gee that, that is a different market. Oh yeah, uh, uh, yeah, absolutely, much, absolutely. Much and, and, and also market. too um, what the companies like, uh, and, and funny enough, they're, they're most of the Volkswagen companies, but Skoda, Audi, Volkswagen, um, uh, and, and then we have Subaru too, they, they are doing these cars more as the, the, the all-wheel drive is more of a safety thing than a let's go and attack the big red out near Birdsville, you know. Um, the, you'll more likely see these cars uh, around the snowfields next season than you will running up and down the Canning Stockridge, which they, they won't do that, but they will, will cruise up to the snowfields. They'll have that all-wheel drive sure-footedness on really slippery, unpleasant roads where someone in a you know, regular front-wheel drive Skoda would be slipping and sliding and be made to put the chains on. That's the difference, and that's where they want this car to work. They want you to be able to go and find a nice secluded picnic spot along the beach somewhere they don't want you to you know try and run up to the cape it's that simple a couple of engines uh, a diesel with a couple of uh, horsepower ratings and a, a petrol but in fact the diesel engine is the entry level uh, with a manual and uh, a two litre diesel but it's also the top of the range as well but the same two litre but a slightly uh, upgraded horsepower rating to it starts at about $33,000 plus on roads for the manual diesel now it's got a, a petrol engine 1.8 litre with uh, turbocharged uh, 38 and a half a bit more than that uh, on the roads but then the top of the range diesel is about 41,400 yep. uh, plus on road. So uh, interesting, the diesel is both entry and top of the range. The thing that the Skoda folk won't like me saying is that I actually like the 110 kilowatt diesel, the entry level thing. I mean, it's the cheapest. It's, as you say, around about the $33,000 mark plus on road costs. But you get um, nice amount of power, 110 kilowatts, 340 newton metres of torque. When you look at the, the super duper diesel, you're getting 135 kilowatts of power and 380 newton metres of torque. So you're not giving away much in terms of, of power and torque. At all. I mean, all, all you're spending, all, all you're getting when you spend an extra $9,000 is mostly extra equipment. I found a little bit of turbo lag with the diesel. you just got to be careful pulling out from a side street. But, you know, really, as you're tootling around, 
pushed the accelerator down, and uh, there was that nice, solid feel of a diesel engine I thought was good. Yep, yep, and it is a good diesel too. I mean, this is a, let's not go with EA189 diesel, but no, this is a good, strong European diesel, and, and the Europeans seem to make way better diesel than anybody else on the planet, mainly because they've had a lot more practice, I suppose, but you, you have to work hard to realise it's a diesel once you stop thinking about it. Let me qualify that. Put someone in the car who isn't familiar with it and they might at some point realise that there is an engine under the bonnet that isn't drinking petrol. It's actually drinking something other than other than 95 octane. That's yeah. where it's come to. Diesel, modern diesels don't clatter and bang and carry on like they used to. They're, they're actually very smooth engines. I think there's uh, no doubt that the modern diesel, I mean, when my mates and I swap cars, you know, go and, and take one car back and pick up another, sometimes we hop in that, start driving, and then have to look at the taco to see if it's a diesel. Absolutely, we, we, absolutely. Just, Done many times, I have to say, and <laughs> mostly with VW product. I'll just finish on, on one word, the name Scout. I know that sounds a bit cheesy to my mind. I understand it. It sounds a little bit sort of boys' own adventure. I've got nothing against the Scouts. I'm not saying anything there, but it just doesn't appeal to me. Yeti far better. St- sorry? Well, a Yeti. There are other, other SUV. Yeti. <laughs> yeti. I like the idea of having a Yeti parked in the yard. <laughs> <laughs> Someone with a more creative mind than me gives names to these cars, although Scout, I don't think so, but Yeti, definitely so. <laughs> there we are, Brent. Always good to talk to you, mate. I appreciate your time. David, it's always my pleasure. Brent Davidson from the Newcastle Herald and the Illawarra Mercury. We were talking about the Skoda Octavia Scout 4x4.